Hello, and thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, unfortunately, the sound quality is not at uh, its usual best today. We have some fans that have been running uh, to help clear out some of the um, issues within the uh, within this station. So I do apologise for the uh, mumbling in the background, but please bear with us and I hope you enjoy the show. The Film and TV Show is part of Bridpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BridpodScene.com or follow BridpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Hello and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. I hope you're having a great day so far. Um, Today uh, I'll be doing a show around Grim Dark. So we're basically going to be talking about bleak dystopian future films and TV shows. Um, And I'm absolutely stoked to to say that I have one of my very good friends here who I've been trying to get to come on the show since, well, since I started back in... In April, Jan, Jan Haraskovian. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here, finally. Yes, it's, it's <laughs> nice to have you here, because you, you always listen, and you always like message me and say stuff, and I was like, oh, yes, oh, this is brilliant. And it's like, well, you need to come and do a show, but now I finally have yeah. you here in Peterborough, so you can actually come and do a show, which is amazing. Um, and this was actually your choice as well. It was, it's yes. It was actually your choice. So um, we're going to be talking about bleak, dystopian future films, TV shows, and the such like. Um because you're an opinionated git, yeah, I know well, that. Yeah. I, know that <laughs> I know that you like your you like your sci-fi and you I like do. all of that, uh, your, all your bleak dystopian stuff. So we'll, um, so I'm sure it'll be great fun. And it's, hopefully, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have you here. I just, uh, I'm just so stoked to have you here because I know you're coming to a couple of cons with me as well. I am. Um, you're coming with me to Reading, bringing the side down. No, at all. Picking the side <laughs> up. Um, so yeah. So today's uh, tier of the week is my Florston Paradise uh, T-shirt, which is done by the amazing. Sorella Prince. So, if you need any customized T-shirts or anything like that, speak to them because they can absolutely do it for you. You can find them on Twitter as well um, at Sorella underscore Prince. So, find them on there. If you're not following me on Twitter, uh, please do. It's at the FTV Show. We're also on Facebook, FTV Show, and Instagram, Film and TV Show. I also have a uh, review blog as well, which is on uh, WordPress, which is Film and TV Show dot WordPress dot com. Have a look on there and some of the reviews that we've done. Um, and that also links into the uh, film club that I do, which is the 753 Film Club based here in Peterborough. Um, but we have some massive things coming up, which are going to be amazing. So if you're not, if you are in the Peterborough area, or you can get to Peterborough in the UK to join us for our film club. Join our film club group on Facebook because you will be privy to some amazing things that are coming up in the next couple of months. So, so yeah, um, right. Let's crack on then. Grim Dark. So, um, obviously, dystopian futures. I'll let you uh, obviously guests first. Pick your <laughs> pick your very first uh, Grim Dark that you want to talk about. Wow. Um, well, the, the premise of Grim Dark. Uh, we'll we'll start with this anyway. Um, it, it's just to basically symbolise everything has gone wrong in the future. So I want to want to set the atmosphere here uh, that every single thing that you hope will happen 
with a, a utopia, everyone's happy, there's abundance and all that. It's the complete opposite. So I think, with that in mind, I think we should start off with the Aliens universe. Why not? Uh, that's the same one as the Predator universe, for those of you that don't know. It, it, it's this horrible sort of pollution rampant, rampant corporate-owned future where there's things that are out there that, that drip acid when they get cut and there's huge predatory tribal tribes everywhere and they hunt your heads and... Yeah, it, it, it's spectacular. <laughs> it, it is, honestly. It, yeah. it, I, I love the Aliens film. Well, I say I love the Aliens film. I love Aliens up to Aliens. Yeah. Up to the second film. The one with all the Marines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're in, they're, they've gone to LV-422. Yeah. They're actually there, um, and they've got that, they're kind of terraforming it. Yeah. And you've got the young girl, um, Newt, mm-hmm. who is just kind of, is the only sole survivor Spoiler alert, by the way, way. Um, from a film from the 1970s, but 80s, yeah. but, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, that for me is probably the best film. Oh, yeah. And then from there, it just like, <laughs> like the proverbial turd just goes downhill. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because the premise is great and it just gets worse with Prometheus and Covenant. And yeah, yeah, we, we don't we don't talk about that one. No, well, no, we won't. We won't. <laughs> no, let's not talk about those because they're yeah. they are pretty bad. Um, but yeah, no, it is dystopian. It is it is horrific. It is like you say. It, it's yeah. all it's all owned by by corporations. You know, yeah, it's the epitome of grimdark. You know, there's gribblies out there that want to chew your face off <laughs> and stick yeah. your head on a spike, and you are not even a factor in their day. You're in the way. <laughs> there's yeah. this huge war for supremacy going on between these two super aggressive species, and we're just in the middle of it, thinking, "Oh yeah, let's go colonize the universe." And uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And that seems to be our problem with a lot of films. Is we go to yeah. colonised universes and we just get battered <laughs> every we're, time. Yeah, we're literally like that that rabbit in the in a headlight where yeah. it's just hopping along. It's like yeah, dong. Yeah, it's like ah, damn it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that is I would say that the Aliens franchise is probably the epitome of grim dark because like yeah. you say, it's it, it's just it's just bleak. Yeah, it really is. It is bleak, but then. <laughs> But then you could you could look at you know yeah. like Blade Runner. Oh, that's yeah. a that's bleak as well. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It you is. know, with the replicants and, mm. and everything. I mean, I I can't attest to being a massive fan. Mm. I like Blade Runner; it's great. Um, but it's I, definitely a Marmite film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's for most people, it's Marmite. I'm kind of in in the middle. I like it in places, don't like it in other mm. places, and that's the old Blade Runner. The new one, don't even get me started on. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. Um, there is. I tell you what. There is a TV show that is really grim, dark, and that's the Hundred. Okay. I don't which, think I've seen that one. So it's based around a set of books. Okay. So what's happened is the whole world has been nuked. Oh right. Okay. So Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump have just blown <laughs> each other up. Yeah. They've had a face off, and it's gone horrific, horrifically wrong. And basically, what's happened is that human descendants now live in space. They okay. live in. They every country has its own um, like. Part they built its own part of this arc, right? As such, and they live in space, and they've been there for ninety years. Um, so generations have obviously lived in space and not been to Earth because of the nuclear holocaust. Yeah, and um, basically, what happens is is they decide to send a hundred kids to the ground. Wow! To to check that it's okay. And well these volunteered. Aren't just, these aren't <laughs> no no no. These are kids have broken the rules. Oh right, okay. So basically, they're prisoners in their own spaceship because they've broken ridiculous rules and they're sent to Earth to check that it's okay. And it is okay, Mm -hmm. obviously, because there's a whole massive series about it. And what ensues is basically a 
a struggle for power between the grounders, between um, and, and different factions of human descendants. Okay. And what basically happened is that at the very, very, very beginning, the, one of the very first scientists um, built an artificial intelligence and went to Earth um, purely by accident. Uh, so, if you're to believe it, and uh, she was a commander. Right. And she then formed the very first faction. She created this AI that lived in the back of the neck that basically gives you all the knowledge of your previous commanders. So a bit like um, a symbiote from Stargate yeah. sim thingy. Um, and it kind of and when that commander dies, mm-hmm. a new commander is chosen and it's the the flame that finds it. But they have to have a certain blood type, which is night blood, so it's all black blood. Mm. So it's not your normal blood like everybody else. And these grounders start attacking the uh, the Sky Crew, they're called Sky Crew, so Sky People. Yeah. Because um, you've got Sky Crew, you've got Tree Crew, you've got Asgeda, which are the Ice Nation, um, and then there's a couple of other. There's thir- there's twelve different factions, right. and they all pick a commander who basically rules over all of them. But each faction has their own leader as well, which is a bit odd. It's a bit <laughs> like Game of Thrones type. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Lots of um, cloak and daggers. Yeah, absolutely. And and basically, these kids start to live their life. Some of them get picked off. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know they are they are the red shirts of um, uh, yeah. of the one hundred world, and that they start to to live and survive. And the parents up in space yeah. don't know whether they've survived, whether they've died, or what. They have no idea. And these kids have to survive for an entire season on their own, trying to to make their way through. And they come across loads of other different bits and pieces. Um, and then the parents come down. Oh dear. Yeah. So they, they finally um, they, they get word that the kids have survived. Mm. And then the parents finally come down, but they come down after the the ark basically blows up. Mm. Something happens and it blows up, and they all fall to earth in their different parts and and everything. And then it just focuses on 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 them, yeah, living in this new world, trying to coexist with these people that have lived on Earth since the nuclear holocaust mm. and basically hate the sky people <laughs> because they're technologically advanced. Yeah, inverted commas left them all to rot. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. and it, it's very, very bleak, and it, it focuses around. It begins to focus around um, the main characters, uh, which is uh, Clark, uh, Bellamy, um, Bellamy's sister Octavia. You've got Murphy. You've got a couple of the the other mm. um, adults as well, and it kind of follows them. And it's a real bleak future, and um, it it kind of it's it's got to a head now, at the end of the season, just gone where. A second nuclear holocaust has happened because of um, spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen a hundred, by the way, there are, the nuclear power plants have finally degraded. Oh dear! So, so yes, and then it's just kind of and now I'm waiting for the next season to come yeah. out. But it's enthralling watching because you're, you're watching these people who are primitive, mm. but they're literally kicking backside because they are they may be primitive but they can fight they yeah. can scrap they can you know they can survive that's the whole point of it and these people these you know prim and proper from space and yeah. live the high life quite literally um have kind of come to want to integrate themselves and they're, they're not happy about it so it's really bleak really really bleak but it's amazing it's amazing yeah. watching it's it is based on some books but i would recommend that um don't read the books watch the tv show because actually, I think the TV show is a lot better than the books right. in this in this case, anyway. But the exception but, to the rule, yeah, yeah, it's it, it is quite it is quite bleak. But the character building in it is is fantastic. Mm. The first season's a little bit slow, but the character building is great because it allows you to kind of really empathise with them. I'm adding, adding that to my list. 
As we speak. As we speak, yes, the hundred. So uh, it, it reminds me, though, when you were talking about the arc in this series, it reminds me of Elysium, with, oh, the one with Matt Damon in. Yes. You know, where there's that crazy space station up there, and it's you've got, like, free medical, and it's the completely deatomizes cancer out of you, and you can basically come back from anything, like having your head stoved in or whatever. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. pretty much is very much like yeah. like that. I mean, I love Elysium, and again, that's a much that's a very bleak future because you've extremely <laughs> well because you've got the guys on the ground who are they've all got cancer. Well, most of yeah. them have got cancer; they're dying. You have got Matt Damon's character is kind of like bummed out, and yeah. he's kind of going from job to job. And then you've got all the you know all the posh people in space yeah. who live the high life and literally lord it all over everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you know they've got Jodie Foster, and she is the most unlikable person in the entire world literally <laughs> so. she is uh, and I'm not talking about her character I'm talking about her as a person because her acting is so one dimensional it is just she plays the same character the same person who can't yeah. smile yeah it's like she it's like she's had botox and she can't smile because <laughs> her face will crack and she just she exudes such an unfriendly nature that you just want to punch her in the face. <laughs> but yeah. even more so in this film, because she is an absolute douchebag in this film, and she, you know, yeah. she is a proper dick, uh, and she absolutely, you know, is just, yeah, you know, just crap. But the film itself is amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I love the exoskeleton that they stick on Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It suited him oddly, didn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon with the skinhead and this thing. Yeah. Attached, it, it did actually... He looked really badass as yeah. well. Yeah, he, he just looked, looked absolutely haggard as well. Like, he's just had this hard life of just absolute mineral graft. Right? He's just been in the worst conditions for X amount of years. And he's just at the end of... He's just fraying, isn't he, at the edges. Yeah. Uh, it looked so good. Uh, you know the whole feel of the whole it, it's totally grim dark gets the stamp definitely but it, but it, it I, I love it because it, it it's made by the same guy that did District 9 yes and it's got the same guy Shalto Copley yeah. the crazy South African oh man he is amazing he was yeah. obviously in A-Team people will know him from yeah. A-Team um, uh, and he is just phenomenal I love him as an actor because his voice mm. he's just so South African yeah he couldn't be any more if he tried. And yeah. he's an amazing actor. But Elysium is, is done by the same guy that done District 9. And uh, District 9, again, is a massive grim dark film because yeah. it's, you know, you've got these these aliens that come down and mm. they're just kind of, I don't know, they call them prawns, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's like a whole hierarchy, isn't it? Yeah. You've got, like, intelligent ones and you've just got the ones at the bottom that are just drone workers that have no personality or ability to adapt to... To, to Earth or the human culture or anything, they just—that's why they call them prawns. You know, less than, less than seafood, basically. That, that's yeah. that's where it comes from. It's very, very well written how they did that. But yeah, it's uh, it is it, it's definitely. I mean, it, it's just a phenomenal film, and it's well, all of them are really. Yeah. Both, I think both Elysium and uh, District Nine is are both brilliant films. There's definitely that same feel to them both, isn't there? Yeah, d- yeah. The, the setting of it is yeah. very, very. Not it's quite desert-like, but almost. Yeah, yeah it's very, very sand and oil. It's like an overturned oil barrel. It just looks like that wherever you look in, yeah. in the film. It's, there always yeah. seems to be one somewhere in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this so, is industrial uh, waste. Absolutely. Right. So we're going to play a couple of songs, and then we'll be back.
How was that then? Excellent. So, uh, back again. Uh, we're going to be talking about Starship Troopers. Oh, how can we not? Jan's favourite film. I will let you take the lead on this, because obviously yeah. I, I know a lot about Starship Troopers, but I have a feeling you probably know a lot more. <laughs> well, um, Starship Troopers, where to start? Uh, Grimdark, you know, where it's it's a sort of fascist sort of dystopia you know, you're only allowed to breed if you've served in the military. You've you've got to just, you know, you have to. They've got you over a barrel. It's all run by a military dictatorship, if you will. It's all a hierarchy. Everyone's involved in it. And if you haven't served or you aren't in the military, you're at the bottom of the pile. And then when you go out into space, it gets even worse. What's waiting for you out there? Big, bad bugs that can tear you in half just by flicking you. It's absolutely brutal. It's completely ridiculous, and I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's it's the go-to film when you've got a group of group of friends around. You've got a few beers and a pizza. Let's put a film on. What do you want to watch? Everyone says Starship Troopers every time. It is just one of those films though that you can watch over and over yeah. again. It is so so cheesy in places though. <laughs> and obviously, it's nothing like the book. No, it isn't. It on, isn't yeah. on previous shows, we've spoken about what the book is like and. Uh, and, and how kind of fascist and, yep. and, and everything is, but but the film kind of is completely different, which is really strange because it's you know it's taken the information from the book mm. and just twisted it, and they've just come out with with this yep. this film. I mean, it is a it is a beautiful film. It didn't score very highly on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, whatever <laughs> does what we like. I know, <laughs> I, I know, right? It's like the critics only like the film yep. where they they think they're going to get a little bit extra exactly anything with depth and original thinking or writing uh, I, I don't I don't pay much heed to them anyway I'm no. allowed to say that I don't have a radio show <laughs> so. yes. and I, I have a radio show and I don't pay any attention yeah. to what they say on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. either I mean I love uh, Kevin and Perry Go Large so oh, Rotten, Tomat- Rotten Tomatoes can go <laughs> screw themselves yeah um, but yeah Starship Troopers is is just uh, it's, it's just yeah. the epitome of um, the military taking yeah. control. Whereas you've got in aliens, you've got its its conglomerates. Yeah, you've got the military. Yeah, the, it, the other end of the stick. The other that end of the stick. You with. <laughs> yes, yes, it's the military that that's actually yeah. you know taking control. And you know you have to be a citizen. Yes, you know, and how can you serve? Yeah, and all, that whole all of those bits are just amazing. If you haven't seen Starship Troopers, you must go and watch it because. It's just the original, though. The original, yeah, yeah the original. Don't watch two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, yeah. whatever else. They are remaking it at some point. Yeah. I think they they said they're doing so. We're a little bit wary. We're not yeah, lie. We, yeah, we'll be wary. I mean, we saw what they did to the Ghostbusters. Yes. Oh. Yeah, we won't go there. Um, I went there on another show. Did so you? Uh, oh dear. yeah, have a listen back through um, to uh, to that as well. So um, so yeah, we Starship Troopers is just a, a brilliant film. Go and watch it. But it, it, it's also quite because um, it's so military. Mm. There's not many other films that are kind of like military. I mean, you can kind of say the Hunger Games is a bit yeah, military. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's very grim dark because you've got mm. you know different world. Well, not different worlds, different areas. And yeah. Haven't everyone seen the Hunger Games? And mm. everyone knows what that's about. And see, I'm fifty-fifty with the Hunger Games. I mean, I like the idea, the concept of it. But I, I don't know. It, it just didn't stack up for me. I, I, it kind of broke the fourth wall a lot for me for some reason, and I don't know why. Uh, I just didn't really settle into that universe very well. I didn't get the same you know depth from from it that you would with some other things. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw a, a film called Gamer. 
Yes. Yes, where, yes. where you, basically it's like the modern first-person shooter. Gerard Butler, isn't it? It is, yes. It, it's, it just reminded me of that, the feel of it. But yeah, yeah. it just didn't bring me in as much. But Gerard Butler is controlled by the atypical uh, teen, you know, teenage boy who's obsessed with first-person shooters, drinks a lot of Mountain Dew, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, he's, he's hyped on rocket fuel. And he's controlling this super soldier who's there. I think it's been a while since I've seen it, but he's there to save his family for whatever... Hollywood reason, and yeah. um, he's he's basically the ultimate killing machine, who is being directly controlled by uh, this teenager in his bedroom, basically, and it's it's pretty good in places, and, and eventually they manage to communicate when they're not supposed to be able to do that, so they're supposed to be disposable and cannon fodder. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I don't know why it reminds me of that, but yeah, much better film in my opinion. Yeah, I mean the Hunger Games are yeah. the kind of an acquired taste. The books are great, but I, mm. the films. They were good, but they were very predictable. Yeah, which is a, which is a shame. And also, the same can be said about the divergencies of its series, well, because that's again very much very divergent. Could almost be classed as a ripoff <laughs> of the Hunger Games, or vice versa, because both are very very similar in terms of the dystopian futures. Yeah, you know, on one side you've got the areas you live in, and you have to be a tribute, and on the other yeah. side you've got the type of person that you are. You know, who you are on the inside, and it's kind of like, well, you're basically. Yeah. In, in, Whichever way you you slice it in either of those franchises, you are labelling people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the um, as weird as as weird as you just made me think of this, it's uh, they're, they're kind of the same person in both of those series as well, in my opinion. Yes, the the, the characters are very very similar. You know, they're they're both ridiculously good at stuff without ever having to have have proved that. I'd, I'd have thought it was a bit two dimensional the, the characters on them. I, I mean, I, I preferred the Divergent series. Definitely, with the whole kind of obviously, I, I quite like my military style films, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't really get the didn't really get grabbed by the leads in those, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, they are very they are very similar. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence is obviously Katniss Everdeen, and you have got mm. Shailen. Um, I can't remember what her last name is from the uh, from the Divergent. Shailen Woodley, yeah, from the Divergent series. But the only issue I have with with the Divergent series is that Theo James he's the guy that plays uh, Tobias Eaton in it yeah he will always be the guy that has shit hanging from his nose from the Inbetweeners film I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry he will always be that guy and every time I see him I can just picture that little bit of poo hanging from the end of his nose um, and I just can't take him seriously it's and such I, a shame he's such a good actor in he that. is such a great actor yeah. in it he's very very good in it and he's actually um, becoming more prominent which is great yeah. because he's you know, he is very, very talented. He's more talented than uh, yeah. Robin Pattinson. Robert, Robert Someone Pattinson. who deserves it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, he actually puts work into his yeah. into it as opposed to the Twilight series where Robert Pattinson is merely just painted, uh, you know, looks gaunt and just mopes around like it's just, ugh. Is it, was it a hundred-year-old emo? I think I remember you yeah. calling him a few weeks ago. Yeah, a hundred-year-old emo. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what he is. Um, but yeah, the, the Divergent series and Hunger Games are both very, very, you know, very grim, very dark. They're very, um, mm. they're very down there. But to go even further into kind of you know crappiness, you've got Twelve Monkeys. Oh. I mean, Twelve Monkeys is is now yeah. a TV show. It is. But I've not seen it yet, though. The new TV show. I've not seen the TV show, but I. I love the film with yeah. Bruce Willis because I Bruce think it's, good it's brilliant because it's basically just a self-fulfilling prophecy. You yeah. know, the, the future's gone absolutely down the creek without a paddle mm. because someone released a toxin. Um, a group called the Twelve Monkeys uh, released a toxin or whatever in an airport, which mm. then went airborne and kind of started to wipe everywhere. people out. And they send Bruce Willis back because he's 
basically a, kind of a bit of a psycho and he's mm. a bit crazy and a, he's broken some laws. So they send him back to try and stop it. Yeah. When actually he was he was actually there at the point in which it was released and it was actually him and his cohort of people that actually released it. So he was the 12 Monkeys, which is, it's very Back to the Future type Terminator-esque sort of thing. But yeah. again, very, very, and I mean, in this in this film, it is very bleak. It is very grim. They are very downtrodden. They are literally probably worse that you can possibly imagine <laughs> because they are, they are literally all at death's door. They yeah. are all about to be wiped out because this, whatever it is, is, almost taken everybody so he is their last hope and unfortunately it turns out he was the one that started it so and I think that was brilliant when it yeah. first came up that sort of thinking around it was absolutely fantastic it was different you know it yeah. was kind of taking back to the future and Terminator and twisting it to make it self-fulfilling yeah as opposed to you know it's not like John Connor has gone back from the future to the yeah. past you know it's his dad or whatever and back to the future again it's you know he yeah. doesn't really have a massive impact whereas this is actually him yeah, he is the cause and the effect. And it's, it also reminds me of another Brucey film, Looper. Oh, I love the exact Looper! Exact same thing going on in there. Yes. Yeah. But with but with Looper, I mean, again, that is a yeah. very dark film because because <laughs> very. because they're, they're stuck in killing future people yeah. until they get released, but then they then get sent back to be killed anyway. So yeah. it's kind of like self fulfilling, and he ends up having to kill himself. It's yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, but it's a great film. You would need to watch it to understand. Maybe a few times to even understand what the blooming X going on with that film. It is pretty crazy. It is, but yeah. it's it's just amazing. I think it's it's one of those really like my brain hurts sort mm, of films. Yeah, but the way they do it is so good and so clever. Yeah, you should absolutely definitely watch Looper as well because that is that is amazing. Um, right, we're going to play a couple of songs and then we'll be back.
This is Michael Winslow, and you're listening to the Film and TV Show with Richard S. Please press the hash key for more now. Hmm, that was not the hash key.
Hello and welcome back. So, um, yeah, we were talking just in the break about a couple of TV shows that we like. We were kind of comparing the two, Defiance and Falling Skies. But I'll leave Defiance to you, but I want to talk yeah. about Falling Skies first because Falling Skies was a Steven Spielberg-produced TV show. And basically, aliens come to Earth and started wiping people out, basically, and taking over and, and everything. And it's... <laughs> It, it, it's you know what it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's got uh, Noah Wyle in it. He is he is phenomenal. Um, it's got Moon Bloodgood, uh, Sarah Carter. Um, it's got Will Patton in it. It's uh, I absolutely love Will Patton as Captain Weaver. He is phenomenal. And basically, they have to survive. Mm. These aliens are basically they're taking children, they're taking adults, they're converting them. They're basically they're basically just owning the world and the survivors trying to get together to fight back right um, and it runs over god I can't know how many seasons it runs over quite a lot of seasons uh, probably about five or six yeah and it gets darker and darker as you go along because the, they're getting more and more intertwined with with the aliens and with how it's going and with everything and they're, they're starting to really think about what can they actually do to kill these buggers off because they're not everything they try yeah. just fails and something else happens you know it, it, it's phenomenal. It really is. It's it is one of Spielberg's best work. Is this the um, the, the the lead character? Is he the school teacher? Yes, he is. Right, because I have read a blurb for it, but I've just not got around to watching yes, it. Yes, yeah, he was a school teacher, yeah. Um, and yeah, he ba- he's got his two sons, yeah, and uh, and basically they they start to fight back, but they they then join up with um, with Captain Weaver and his troop, and and the the Second Massachusetts they're called, and they basically start trundling across the US because everything's obviously set in the US yeah obviously anything that's bleak is always set in America it's never set anywhere else um, <laughs> not bitter or anything sure but um, yeah. but yeah but then he you know he, he plays um, he plays Tom um, and he basically just goes through to to kind of help um, Tom Mason his name is um, and he just basically that they work together to try and defeat the aliens basically mm. you know, it, that's the long and short of it. It's yeah. a very bleak future because they are the survivors are very few and far between. There's not a lot left of them. They're very, very on their own. Yeah. And they do meet other survivors and they do kind of make bigger packs. But then people go rogue and yeah. Um, and as you do and as you would expect. And yeah, it's just it is phenomenal. It's definitely a definitely a TV show worth worth watching. It's not on anymore, but you can find it on Amazon. You can find yeah. it on Netflix. You can even still buy the DVDs if you so wish, but you should definitely watch it because it is one of those TV shows that will just suck you in. Yeah. Absolutely suck you in. I mean, I felt the same about Defiance when I was watching Defiance again. I love Defiance. Love it. Yeah, I've just finished the first series, and I tell you what, Grant Bowler, he just... He yes. just steals that show. He he carries that, and obviously with the uh, I think his daughter's called uh, was it a, a, uh, no it's not Arissa. It is. Yeah, is it Ar- yeah. yeah his daughter in that. She's obviously this alien. Yeah. Uh, redheaded alien species. And oh, I, I was so drawn into that. But basically, Defiance is a, a lot similar to the premise of uh, what you just mentioned pre- previously. There, um, basically, uh, there's a, an arc fleet of alien ships that have all come together in this sort of alliance pact that they have because their home world has been destroyed. So they're floating across the galaxy. They've come from the other side trying to find a suitable place to live and they found Earth. Didn't know we were here and started terraforming the planet with us still on it. Obviously, we were a little bit peeved about that. Yes. So what happened is they absolutely obliterated us because we started fighting back. But what they found is that 
the Earth's uh, militaries are so used to being in fights and scrapping with each other that they've got ground warfare perfected, but not space warfare. But they've just flown across the, the galaxy. They've got no supplies. They don't have a resupply. So they, out, they outgun us at first. But when they start falling planet side, they've only got citizen militias. So here's a rifle, fight. You know, they don't have the, the stopping power. So what happens is this city called uh, Defiance is, I think, St. Louis. In a, it is, in a, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got the huge arch there anyway. I know that much. Uh, and basically, these, these alien races and humans, the eight races they call them, have finally decide, right, enough killing, enough fighting. We can live in peace. So they ignore all the orders coming from on high. And they, they basically go rogue and have their own city with all of these races living in a gated community where it sort of works, which is better than not working at all. And they, they sort of live in this area. So there's this huge sort of culture class between all the hierarchy of the alien uh, species and then humans as well. So it, it's sort of like a Wild West style. Um, so it's just dystopian. You've got alien fauna out there and flora that just eats you alive, mixed in with like a, a noble oak or a spruce. You know, yeah. and there's things that have, that's been crossbred because some sort of uh, terraforming's gone wrong on the planet. So you've got like half a wolf, half a bear, and some weird alien insect as one creature. It's it's really really great, and I, I'm hooked on it at the moment. Uh, I've got the other two series arriving for when I get home, so I'm going to be uh, binge watching those all weekend. Yes, oh, you absolutely should. It is it is a great TV show. Um, we can't we can't really talk about bleak future without talking zombies. Oh. We can pick so many different things. We can pick The Walking Dead, which yeah. I've, I've not really ever watched, so I can't really comment. Uh, I've, I've watched to the end of series six. See, I've seen series one and I kind of gave up. But oh, um, such a disappointment. But, I know. <laughs> but but what I do want to talk about is uh, one of my most favourite ever zombie films, and it's Zombieland. Zombieland. Love Zombieland. Woody Harrelson just rocks oh, in that film yeah. he is just amazing and it's it basically if you've never seen Zombieland you must must go and watch it because it is just phenomenal it's got Michael Cera Emma Stone Woody Harrelson and even Bill Murray shows up as well the big Bill the, Murray the big Bill Murray um, basically zombies have taken over the world um, and there are a certain set of rules you must follow when you are uh, dealing with them. <laughs> uh, Woody Harrelson's character, uh, Tallahassee, yeah. is, uh, he is basically just, he's focused on finding Twinkies. Yep. He just wants Twinkies. And, and he's telling a story about, about a dog, which doesn't actually turn out to be a dog. It turns out to be his son, yeah. which is gut-wrenching. Absolutely. When, when that is, it, it's kind of, you just kind of think, oh, because yeah, of the entire film, you get the snapbacks out of a puppy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, then you realise that the Twinkie thing sort of fits into, you yeah, know, with that whole thing, and it's sort of a psychological coping mechanism. And as the great man himself says, it's not so much the taste; it's the consistency. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And he also does say one of the most immortal words I will ever think I will ever hear: "Time to nut up or shut up." <laughs> yeah. And that is just that yeah. is just his character in. Uh, you know, it, in itself. But you've got, you know, you've got Emma Stone's character who is with her sister and they're Wichita, they're, Wichita, yeah. yeah. And they're trying to get, a, they're, they're trying to get to, to, to basically, they're trying to get to a theme park yeah. where they think they're going to be safe. Um, and that's they, their crutch, isn't it? Yeah, the psychological that's crutch. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to go there. So, so Michael Serra's uh, character, who is a bumbling fool. Uh, who really doesn't know anything, and I think that's the typical Michael Sarah character. Is it it's kind Jesse of Jesse Eisenberg? 
Is it Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. He plays Columbus. The oh, chemistry I, thought between... it was, I thought it was Michael yeah. Serra. No, okay, well, they're both the same. Yeah. Interchangeable people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. who, um, who ruined Lex Luthor, but um, he plays Columbus, and he is a bumbling idiot. Yeah. He is a bumbling idiot. You don't know how he survived. I, I don't know how he survived. Yeah. But, but the four of them basically make a... After a few mishaps between yeah. the four of them, they then... You know, work together and they go to go to this theme park and and, and yeah, it's it, it's just brilliant. It's like Shaun of the Dead meets The Walking Dead. Yeah, it really is. It's yeah, it's it hilarious in places, mm. serious in others, and then you've got Bill Murray thrown in as well, which <laughs> is just amazing. So yeah, I mean, there are loads of other different uh, zombie films that you can talk about: yeah. Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, mm. Night of the Dead. You know, whatever. But I, I just love Zombieland. Yeah. I think it's just it, it's just it's just phenomenal. Um, and the the last thing that I want to want to talk about is a TV show called Fringe, which was um, it was a TV show that was on a couple of years ago, and it went on for about six seasons, seven seasons. Okay. And it had Joshua Jackson in it, um, and he basically uh, it's focused around him and a, a woman called Anna, well, an actress called Anna Torv, who plays uh, Olivia Dunham, and she's an FBI agent who gets dragged into the um, the unnatural things that are. Are um, what's the best way to say they're they're science, but they shouldn't be happening really. Um, and she basically gets dragged in, and there's a there's a scientist who they just they need to get hold of because he he started this stuff years and years and years ago with Leonard Nimoy with yeah. with, uh, with Mr. Spock years and years and years ago um, Walter Bishop. Uh, played by the amazing John Noble, by the way, amazing, and it's great to see that both John Noble and Anna Torv are Australians, mm. and they pull off the most amazing American accents. They are brilliant. Um, uh, Joshua Jackson plays um, the plays the plays the son Peter Bishop, who there's there's loads of issues around that, but basically it it, it involves things that are unnatural, so uh, gene manipulation, oh wow, time manipulation, very dystopian. Um, it it really yeah. really is. And you've got you've then add into add into it some future beings called the Watchers or wow. the Observers. They're called they're called the Observers, um, and one particular observer called September. Mm-hmm. They're all there's twelve observers. Uh, they're all given like they're all given months. Now. But you only realise that towards the end. Yeah. Um, but basically, there's all these fringe events going on, and Walter is the only one that really knows because he started most of the stuff back when he was high on LSD and he still <laughs> likes to get high on LSD and yeah. he's very he's not so much bumbling as he's kind of lost his marbles but he's still super smart mm. like ridiculously smart and it kind of goes through that and then the dystopian future where I'm not, I'm not going to ruin it because yeah. do you know what it, it's one of these programs I've actually watched it probably three or four times mm. from start to finish uh, is one that I can definitely watch, and I would definitely recommend that that you watch Fringe. It's yeah. if you like all the all the sciencey mumbo jumbo stuff, and you like all the, the, the you know the, the weird and wonderful things that can happen. You That's know, me, all right. people turn into <laughs> people turning into stone or yeah. to jelly, or turning into these aliens or into these monsters, or people from from space coming in, or people you know changing blood types or wow powers and all sorts. Yeah, it's a bit like Heroes. I more, liked Heroes. Heroes more is good. Science-y. Yeah, a lot more. It's very, very dark. It, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of there's a lot of character arcs in there that that kind of go out and then come back full circle, and then go out and come back yeah. full circle again. It's really, really clever what they've done. Um, I would absolutely, definitely recommend that, yeah. that anybody watches those because they are they are phenomenal. I mean, I've got two honourable mentions. Go on, then. if we've got time. Yeah, yeah. First one being 
children of men. Oh, yes. You know, the non-baby-making future, where yeah. everyone's sort of struggling and everyone's fraying at yeah. the edges and kicking each other's backsides. Yeah. And obviously, my favourite series of all time, Firefly. Firefly, oh, well, You couldn't yes. get any more grimdark than no. that. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't. But two very, very good honourable yeah. mentions there. If you've never seen Children of Men, obviously you should watch it. Julianne Moore is amazing yeah, in that film. I mean, I mean, she is phenomenal in that film. I Clive love Owen her. spectacular as well. Yeah, yeah Clive uh, Owen is amazing. And it has the Kane man in there as well, Michael Kane. Absolutely. It is brilliant and it's very it's very much similar. It's very similar to what um what happens in an episode of Stargate as yeah. well, which we could talk about Stargate, but we'll do an entire show just based Absolutely. on Stargate anyway another day. Um so yeah, so that's it. That brings us to the end of an, uh, of the show. Been having a lot of fun. Thanks very much for inviting me. Good. How have you found it? Because obviously, new yeah. to you doing it, and it, it's very, very intimidating at first. There's things in your face, like I think they're called microphones, <laughs> yes. and you have to wear headphones. And uh, yeah, other than that, I've got a, a grinning bloke sat opposite me, which usually makes it a bit more bearable. Absolutely, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you on. It's, yeah. it's thanks it's, very much. It's been too long. Yes, it's been, absolutely. It's been too long of you being a keyboard warrior, and <laughs> now you're in the hot seat. So yes, yeah. Um, so that's it thank you very much guys for listening if you are listening on the podcast and you haven't subscribed please hit the subscribe button it means an absolute world to me um, to know that there are people out there listening to me all the time um, if you can share it uh, share the podcast to your friends as well that would be great if you can leave a review as well that has a massive impact on the show that allows us to rise up further in the rankings so that people can find us more organically and that really helps us to to kind of get us out there because we I like to think we, what we do here is a little bit different because we are a live radio show and you know it goes out as a podcast as well we, we like to kind of cater for everyone so if you could do that that would be amazing um, if you're not following us on Twitter Facebook or Instagram please do on Twitter we're at the FTV show, uh, FTV show on Facebook and film and TV show on Instagram as well. Thank you very much. There is one more thing. It's been emotional.